0: The content in this podcast is not meant to replace professional help or advice. This is my story, and a lot of the things I talk about might or might not help you. Please don't take my experiences as a sign to stop your progress or professional plan. These are my experiences and my research. Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome back to the Mental Magic Podcast. We have come to the end of season one and the end of 2023. This year was a fucking doozy. <laughs> the holidays are usually a pretty terrible time for me anyway and this year it was it was just bad. Uh, it was fucking awful. Uh, I don't know if you follow my Instagram um, but I lost nine pets in the last year and a half. Yes I have or had a lot of pets, but yeah, I lost nine of them. Uh, The loss started in June, I think of 2022. And the most recent loss was about two days before Christmas this year. I don't have kids and I'm not very close to many people. Um, And my pets are my everything. I honestly care about maybe six people and every animal I've ever come in contact with. (laughs) My pets got me through a lot. Um, They are pretty much my saviors and losing so many of them so fucking fast has been a type of heartbreak torture I don't wish upon anyone. Um, a bunch of other bullshit happened this year, but losing them was the most impactful for me, especially since I didn't get a break from it, like all the other shitty things, like they happened throughout the year and it just them dying just kept um, it just kept happening. So I currently have a senior dog and two senior ferrets that are dwindling as well. So I'm sure I'll be going through this again this next year, but you know, I'm prepared for that. It's never easy, and I'm not saying that I'm not going to be sad about it, but I'm prepared basically. Anyway, I'm looking forward to seeing what 2024 has to bring to me, whether it's good or bad. I'm pretty excited, I guess? Prepared? Um not fearing what next year has to bring to me, so bring it on 2024! So for the last episode of season one, I'm going to be talking about bipolar disorder, a disorder that pretty much started my journey down learning about mental illness in depth rather than just kind of knowing the basis of everything. Um, I had to learn about my other diagnosis. Before throughout my life like anxiety and depression, so I got those pretty pretty down by the time I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder But I was I only like vaguely knew what bipolar disorder was and I didn't understand how intricate it was and How my weird antics were caused by a chemical imbalance in my brain? (laughs) Um, Once I began to research more about it and started to put pieces together. I felt like I could finally take a deep breath because I had a path I could go down to figure out why I was the way I was. Um, Learning more about something that affects you every day can be really liberating because now you can find tools to help you deal with the side effects of something you can't control. Remember, knowledge is a superpower. What is bipolar disorder? Bipolar disorder, or also known as bipolar affective disorder, is a mood disorder. So it used to be called manic depression. I don't know if any of you remember that, but that's what people used to be diagnosed as. Bipolar disorder can cause your mood to swing from an extreme high to an extreme low. A person who has bipolar disorder also experiences changes in their energy, thinking, behavior, and sleep. During bipolar mood episodes, it is difficult to carry out day-to-day tasks, go to work or school, or even maintain relationships. Bipolar disorder affects millions of adults in the U.S., and most people are diagnosed with bipolar disorder in their teens or their 20s. However, it can occur at any age, and although symptoms can persist, many people find ways to manage their symptoms successfully. People tend to be at higher risk for bipolar disorder if they have a family history, or have experienced a traumatic event, or have misused drugs or alcohol. Differences in brain structure and function also may play a role. Um, Bipolar disorder is actually more common than many think. Uh, 2.8% of U.S. adults experience bipolar disorder in the past year. The extreme highs and lows of bipolar disorder are super different from mood swings or moodiness. People with bipolar disorder experience severe changes in everything from energy to activity to sleep. And although although people with bipolar disorder find the increased energy of mania appealing especially if it is right after an episode of depression, this type of high um, doesn't stop at a comfortable or a controllable level. Um, The moods can rapidly become irritable, behavior becomes more unpredictable, and judgments become super impaired. Uh, during peri- periods of mania, people often behave really impulsively. This often leads to reckless decisions and taking unusual risks that have really terrible consequences to the person's relationships, career, financial situation, and even their health. During manic episodes people take serious risks and they do things that they don't normally do. Unfortunately, these typically have damaging effects and leave an aftermath that can take months or even years to recover from. Sometimes mania is also accompanied by psychotic symptoms like hearing or seeing things And that can be really confusing for the person going through it. Okay, so before we go on and I tell you more about bipolar disorder and everything that goes along with it, I do want to bring some light to the resources that I provided in the description of this episode. Um, The first link that I provided is to an app called Daylio. I've actually had this app for years, probably since like 2017, Um, and it's just been a really good app. All around and it's only gotten better as the years have gone by and it's probably the only other app other than social media that I use every single day it's a journal slash mood tracking app and it's the best one I've ever had on my phone it's super user-friendly it's super customizable and it has the ability to make categories that separate the things you do daily so you can keep track of everything You're able to journal if you want to. You don't have to. Um, You can add pictures to your journal entries. You can add emotions for that day and anything you accomplished during the day. Uh, You can make daily goals and check them off as you complete them. And you can customize pretty much anything and everything on the app. From the colors to the looks of the emotion faces. I don't I just, I really love this app. (laughs) Um, this is also a really great app if you're looking to track your moods, like for me, so having bipolar disorder, I need to kind of know where I'm heading and what's going on and it's really good to track your moods. Um, and they have this like new feature that they just recently released, which is the memories feature. So I can now see how I was feeling this time previous years ago, which actually came in handy recently because when I started recognizing the pattern of my moods, thanks to this feature, I was able to take it to my therapist and kind of be like, hey, like, isn't it kind of weird that this time last year I was also feeling like this and also doing this. So we kind of are starting to see a pattern in my mania and my depressive moods, which will be great in the future because then I can kind of predict when something like that is going to happen and I can plan ahead and that's awesome. <laughs> Another resource I provided is a link to a quiz to see if you have bipolar disorder or if your symptoms basically lead up to you having bipolar disorder. Uh, in the poll that I did on my Instagram um, a couple of people really asked me if or they told me that they wanted to know if they had bipolar disorder and it's insane how many people actually asked me that because I didn't think bipolar disorder would be something that people are actually interested in Um, but yeah so I provided um, a quiz link so that you can see if your symptoms lead to you possibly having bipolar disorder Um, now I don't think I've mentioned this before But I just want you guys to know that I take all of these tests that I provide for you guys. I take uh, like three or four, sometimes five or six tests before I decide on the best one to give to you guys. And I love this one because not only are the questions really great, they also um, give you a ton of information and resources at the end of the quiz. The questions are super easy to understand, and they don't diagnose you, but they do recommend seeing a professional if your answers sway towards bipolar symptoms. Like I remind you in every single episode, do not take these quizzes and self-diagnose. If you get results that you think need further evaluation, please get in contact with a professional and go down that route self-diagnosing and self-medication are not the answer and could negatively impact your mental health journey. I know that symptoms can get overwhelming and hard to handle, trust me, I get it, but there are other options other than possibly harming yourself or others in search of instant relief. And lastly, I provided a link to the A Google form I made for anyone who would like to anonymously share their bipolar disorder experiences. All of the submissions are 100% anonymous. I don't want any information other than what you decide to share. This could be personal experiences that you have gone through yourself or something you experienced with someone else. Um, I eventually plan on sharing these stories on the podcast and on Instagram in the future. So if you don't want that, just please say that either in the beginning or the end of your submission, and I will entirely respect your wishes. Um, Also, please feel free to share the link to anyone you think might want to share their experiences. Being diagnosed with bipolar disorder in my late 20s made so much sense. I truly had no idea what the hell bipolar disorder was other than what I saw on TV or internet adaptations. (laughs) It was rarely personal experiences from people dealing with it every day. I didn't know symptoms other than crazy and unhinged. And while it's mostly true for myself, (laughs) it's not just that. Uh, Once my therapist told me that she believed I had it. Because of the symptoms I was having and had been having for years. And the way I would change almost every single time I came to see her. And then when I got comfortable with her, I started telling her things I never talked about before. Uh, I I unleashed my own trauma because I just convinced myself it was normal. And everyone was going through the same shit I did. I thought my personality quirks were just that. Uh personality quirks or characteristics. I didn't know that they were because of mental illness. <laughs> I honestly just thought that I was born fucked up in the head. Um, when I talk about my trauma, it's like I'm reciting a grocery list. It's everyday whatever conversation to me. I learned early on to keep a lot of things to myself because my humor was dark uh, at a very young age. And a lot of kids around me didn't get what the fuck was wrong with me. And honestly, neither did I. (laughs) But I couldn't help it. So I just went with it. I never desired companionship because I was always alone in my everyday life anyway. I'm not saying I was never curious about friendships or anything. I would admire other kids from afar and how they interacted. But for the most part, I rarely to never went up to kids, and made friends, or even asked to play. Um, Sometimes I look back and wonder, was it because I was so unstable? But then again, I masked my symptoms pretty well until everything got out of control when I became a teenager. Maybe preteen. Maybe I thought I was masking, and in reality, everybody around me was like, holy shit, this girl is insanely weird. (laughs) who knows (laughs) Uh, I don't know what happened when I hit preteen slash teen age but my brain went insane maybe it was the ridiculous amount of hormones raging through my body that triggered something to make the bipolar bomb go off but man did shit go haywire during that time My family went through it with me. My sisters are a lot older than me, so they weren't really present to help my parents out. But even if they were there, no one could stop my rampages. (laughs) My parents were always older than all of my friends' parents and they kind of gave up early on and were kind of sick of dealing with me pretty, pretty quickly. They were kind of like, as long as she doesn't get pregnant or end up in jail, we're good. (laughs) Oh, oh! and all my dad wanted was for me to graduate high school. And look at me, crazy and all, and I didn't have any babies. I didn't end up in jail before 18, and I barely graduated high school, but I I graduated. (laughs) I satisfied them, and I figured life out on my own with their lectures sprinkled in here and there. Don't get me wrong, they said some stuff I still keep with myself to this day, so it wasn't all bullshit. But for the most part, it was all old school Mexican ideas that are outdated and really didn't apply to my life or the situations at hand. Unfortunately, the bipolar disorder went under the radar until I met my current therapist. I truly believe that if I got help early on, I would be in a completely different place right now, but everything happens the way it's supposed to. So I'm not mad at it. My parents weren't entirely horrible and stuck in their cultural ways, and they did try to get me help here and there. They tried to the extent that they wanted to. And I'm okay with that. I guess I just masked so well. That the so-called professionals didn't even catch on. That I was losing my fucking mind on the daily. Whether it was extreme mania. Or being tortured by depression. (laughs) Either way, I didn't get helped until my 30s. And in about three years... It feels like I tried absolutely every single antipsychotic and mood stabilizer there is out there. The diagnosis was a breakthrough, but the journey to find a balance in treatment has been a rough one. I tried everything. And some stuff I still do, and other stuff I decided against, like medication, I decided to get off all of my medication around four or so months ago. I didn't do it cold turkey and I definitely do not recommend you do that either. Uh, I weaned off (laughs) and I did it extremely carefully while keeping in close contact with people I trusted and my therapist. Uh, My decision to get off meds was nothing crazy. I just got sick of being this half-assed version of myself just to please the world around me so that I'm more digestible I guess I was really not happy at all and then I became more depressed than I had been in years probably since high school it was so unbearably painfully depressing and it got really dangerous And then really, well, extremely eye-opening. And I didn't want to do it anymore. Uh, Moments of stability and being sedated to where I didn't feel anything, but sorrow was not a life I wanted to lead anymore. Uh, Those moments of stability were not worth it at all. I have moments of what I consider stability all of the time. And the more I work at healing parts of me that can be healed the more stable I feel for me medication went from a tool to an obstacle and then it turned into a monster chasing me through daily activities medication works really well for a lot of people but unfortunately for me it did not And that's not just with mental health meds that I have a problem with. I have an issue with all medications for all types of things. They either don't work at all or they stop working after a few weeks. Therefore, I am currently figuring this all out on my own. (laughs) Well, with the help of my therapist and the millions of books I'm reading... And the workbooks I've purchased to help me through this healing process and managing all of my mental illnesses. Also, this podcast and meeting new people through it and hearing new stories and how people manage their mental illnesses. Definitely one of the best things that's happened to me. Also, the Discord I started that I've met some really cool people through. Uh, All of the things I've implemented in the name of healing have all brought great things into my life, and I absolutely refuse to stop. I know that I can heal entirely. I know that I can heal pretty much everything that's happened to me. And I mean heal from my traumas, not my mental illnesses, (laughs) because I know there's no cure for them. But I also know for a fact that I can manage my symptoms to a point where they aren't hindering my progress in life. And I am consistently reminding myself what a superpower my mental disorders can be sometimes. But I guess it's all in the way you decide to look at the obstacles you get in life. And... Right now, I'm actively choosing to see the power through the struggle. According to the poll I did on Instagram, um, a lot of people don't know the signs and symptoms of bipolar disorder. Kind of like I didn't when I first heard about the diagnosis. I didn't really know what I was looking at. Uh, I just knew, you know, extreme mood swings. And that's kind of what everybody knows is just that there's these extreme mood swings, but nobody really understands the level of extreme that we talk about and what those extreme mood swings entail. So we're going to discuss that real quick. These extreme mood swings range from extreme highs, which are called mania, And extreme lows, which is depression. Uh, These episodes of mania and depression usually last for several days or longer. Um, Usually for me, the mania lasts months, depression lasts months. It's, It's just off and on all year, just off and on. And then during the day, I get mania and depression throughout the day. Um... That is called rapid cycling. I will talk about rapid cycling a little bit further down. When a person with bipolar disorder has a major depressive episode, these include symptoms that are usually severe enough to cause a noticeable change in day-to-day activities. They become more difficult, like uh, going to work, school, Uh, social activities, or even maintaining relationships. Usually a depressive episode has to include five or more of the following symptoms. Feeling sad, hopeless, or irritable most of the time. Lacking energy. Difficulty concentrating or remembering things. Loss of interest in everyday activities. Feelings of emptiness or worthlessness, feelings of guilt and despair, feeling pessimistic about everything, self-doubt, being delusional, having hallucinations or disturbed or illogical thinking, lack of appetite, difficulty sleeping, waking up early and suicidal thoughts. Now, when a person has mania or hypomania, this is the complete opposite of depression. Mania and hypomania are two distinct types of episodes, but they have the same symptoms. Mania is more severe than hypomania and causes more noticeable problems at work, school, or social activities. And relationship. difficulties. (laughs) Mania can also trigger a break from reality, which is also known as psychosis and can require hospitalization. Both manic and hypomanic episodes include three or more of these symptoms. Feeling very happy, elated, or overjoyed. Talking very quickly Feeling full of energy, feeling self-important, feeling full of great new ideas and having important plans, being easily distracted, being easily irritated or agitated, being delusional, having hallucinations and disturbed or illogical thinking not feeling like sleeping at all, ever. Often doing things that have disastrous consequences like spending a ton of money on expensive, unaffordable things and making decisions or saying things that are out of character and that others might see as risky or harmful. If you have bipolar disorder, you can have episodes of depression more regularly than episodes of mania or vice versa. Uh, Between episodes of depression and mania, you may have periods where you have like normal moods. Uh, The patterns are not always the same and some people may experience things like I mentioned before, rapid cycling, which is when a person has repeated swings from high to lows really quickly or mixed state where the person with bipolar disorder experiences symptoms of depression and mania together. Um, For example, like overactivity with a depressed mood. If your mood swings last a long time but aren't severe enough to be classified as bipolar disorder, you may be diagnosed with a mild form of bipolar disorder called cyclothymia. With that, let's get into the types of bipolar disorder. So, as most people know, there's bipolar one and bipolar two, and that's pretty much as much people know, as much information about bipolar disorder as people know. Um, they're pretty different. They have almost the same symptoms, but it just depends on like how often you get it or the types of symptoms you get. And yeah, so we'll get into that. So for bipolar 1, you can get a diagnosis if you have experienced at least one episode of mania, which has lasted longer than a week um, for nearly every single day for most of the day, or by manic symptoms that are so severe that the person needs immediate medical care. People with bipolar 1 also get depressive episodes and those usually last typically about two weeks at least and can go on for months like it does for me. People with bipolar 2 tend to experience at least one depressive episode and the symptoms of hypomania last at least four days and are much less severe than the mania episodes in Bipolar 1. So I wouldn't say Bipolar 2 is like the lesser form of Bipolar disorder. They're both pretty severe disorders or types, I guess. But Bipolar 2 just tends to have less episodes throughout the year. So Bipolar 1 is more, I guess you could say, consistent. And Bipolar 2 is a little bit less consistent. I don't, I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but that's like the way it goes in my head. So like I mentioned before, cyclothymia is like a lesser, less severe version of bipolar disorder. In order to get diagnosed with this, you have to experience both hypomanic and depressive mood episodes over the course of two years or more. Uh, your symptoms are usually aren't severe enough to meet the diagnostic criteria of bipolar 1 or bipolar 2, but it can sometimes develop into bipolar 1 or bipolar 2. It can often be a difficult diagnosis to receive, and you may feel as though someone is saying your symptoms aren't severe enough or they're not serious, but that's not the case. Cyclothymia can seriously impact your life, and mental health is a huge spectrum that covers a lot of different experiences. So don't let one bad experience with a doctor not believing you or not taking your symptoms seriously as a sign to not keep advocating for yourself. Keep going because this is a real diagnosis and it could, it could bring a lot of help into your life if you could get the right diagnosis. So continue to ad- advocate for yourself. So now let's talk about rapid cycling. You may be told if you have this, if you've experienced four or more depressive, manic or hypomanic or mixed episodes within a year. This happens to me all the time. I go through rapid cycling daily. I go through like 15 different emotions in less than three hours. It's exhausting. (laughs) But if you have rapid cycling, this might mean that you experience episodes of mania or hypomania, followed by episodes of depression. You may be, f- you may feel stable for a few weeks between the episodes, um, like between manic and depressive. You have like a stable period, and you may experience episodes that last months, weeks, or days. If you have bipolar disorder, you may experience rapid cycling at certain times in your life and not others. And currently, rapid cycling is not officially considered a separate type of bipolar disorder and a lot more research needs to be done about about it um, and how to treat it because right now there really isn't anything. I also learned something that I'm going to be talking to my therapist about, but I learned that if your mood changes quickly within the same day or the same hour like mine does. This is usually classified as a mixed episode rather than rapid cycling. But some people use the term rapid cycling to describe this experience. So I need to talk to my therapist and be like, hey, is this a mixed episode? Am I rapid cycling? does it matter? Because at this point, there's really no treatment for either. So is this just a diagnosis and nothing to back it up? But yeah, I'm going to talk to her about that. One of the lesser known types of bipolar disorder is called substance medication induced bipolar and related disorder. I know it's a long name. Um, This is basically just when people get Like manic or depressive episodes off of substances. So, if the person is using substances or during withdrawal syndrome or symptoms or whatever associated with the substance, they may, you know, have episodes of mania. So, that is usually considered a substance induced bipolar disorder. When someone has a phencyclidine, or PCP induced mania, people tend to present with delirium at first, and then the delirium progresses into a mixed or manic state. When it's a stimulant induced mania, the symptoms typically emerge within minutes to an hour after ingestion. The episodes are usually brief and they usually resolve within 48 hours. And then when somebody has a medication induced hypomania or mania, um, corticosteroids or some immunosuppressant medications usually cause the hypomania or the mania. Um, It usually begins several days after ingestion. And the higher the dose of the medication, the more likely to produce bipolar symptoms. So if you're taking a medication and you start to get bipolar symptoms, you need to talk to your doctor immediately. Another type of bipolar disorder is called bipolar and related due to another medical condition. And this is when it's diagnosed when there is a prominent and persistent period of abnormally elevated or irritable mood, and abnormally increased activity or energy that is directly attributed to another medical condition. No other mental disorder should be present that could explain the symptoms. All of the symptoms have to be directly con- direct consequences of the other medical condition. Some common medical conditions that are known to cause mania or hypomania include Cushing's disease, multiple sclerosis, stroke, and traumatic brain injuries. For example, when somebody has Cushing's disease and it's cured or in remission, the hypomania and mania typically don't come back. It's crazy what the body can do, huh? Another type of bipolar disorder is called bipolar with mixed features. You're usually told you have this when you have bipolar one or two with mixed features is usually what they call it and you experience mixed episodes. So this is when you experience depression and mania or hypomania at the same time or super quick after each other. This is usually called mixed bipolar state or mixed affective bipolar. Mixed features refer to the presence of high and low symptoms occurring at the same time or as a part of a single episode. This is significantly different because in most forms of bipolar disorder, moods do change, but they usually alternate between elevated and depressed over time not so frequently in such a short amount of time. Another type of bipolar disorder is called bipolar with seasonal pattern. This means that the time of year or seasons regularly affect your mood episodes. People with this type tend to have alternating episodes of depression in the fall and winter months and mania during the spring and summer months. If you have bipolar disorder and your mood changes correlate with specific times of the year. There may be a seasonal pattern of the disorder and you're not alone because one fifth of people with bipolar disorder experience seasonal patterns in their symptoms. These last two types are kind of like the other category and they're actually named that too. One is named other specified bipolar and related disorder and this is when the symptoms don't meet the full criteria for bipolar disorder, but they, the, the symptoms do cause significant distress. Um, this can include short-duration hypomanic episodes and major depressive episodes, hypomanic episodes with insufficient symptoms, or without accompanying major depressive episodes or a short duration of cyclothymia. And then we have unspecified bipolar and related disorder. This is similar to other specified bipolar and related disorder, but this is diagnosed when the clinician chooses to not specify why the symptoms don't meet the bipolar criteria you can often hear that your symptoms don't quite fit the diagnostic categories for other types of bipolar disorder, but that doesn't mean that your symptoms are any less difficult or that you don't need treatment or that you don't need support. So if you still get these last two types of bipolar disorder, it doesn't mean that your symptoms aren't important. It just means that, you know, you're not falling under the usual criteria for bipolar disorder, and there's nothing wrong with that. In order to diagnose bipolar disorder, a doctor needs to perform a physical exam, ask about your symptoms, and then recommends blood testing to determine if another condition like hypothyroidism is causing your symptoms. If the doctor doesn't find any underlying cause of your symptoms, they may perform a psychological evaluation. During the psychological evaluation, A specialist asks you if you have family history of bipolar disorder, depression, or anxiety disorders. They ask about your symptoms, when they started, how long they've lasted, how severe they are, whether they've occurred before, and if so, how were they treated. The specialist will ask if you're using alcohol or drugs, or if you're thinking about death or suicide. In addition, they may ask you to complete a questionnaire to clarify your symptoms and how they affect your life. They also may ask you to keep a daily record of your moods, sleep patterns, or other factors that can help with the diagnosis and finding the right treatment. Um, But speaking to your partner or close friends or relatives about your symptoms and history can also help. Uh, mental health specialists have a better picture of your health to determine if bipolar disorder is causing your symptoms. Um, And after the specialist assesses all of your symptoms and your family history, um, they'll have like a little feedback session. And that's where you can discuss your diagnosis and the most appropriate treatment for you. There are a few treatment options for bipolar disorder. And treatment is always best guided by a mental health professional who's well-versed in treating bipolar disorder or any related disorders. You sometimes will have a treatment team that includes a, psychi- a psychologist, um, a psych- psychiatric nurse, and maybe a social worker. I only have a therapist, so it's not the same for everybody, but it depends on your, your level of symptoms. The primary treatments for bipolar disorder include medication and psychological counseling or psychotherapy to control symptoms and may also include education and support groups. For medications, there are so many medications to treat bipolar disorder. Uh, The types and doses of medications prescribed are definitely based on your particular symptoms but some of these medications include mood stabilizers uh they tend to control manic or hypomanic episodes and mood stabilizers common mood stabilizers include lithium uh valproic acid never heard of that before uh depakote um or lamictal there are antipsychotics you can take. Uh, this is usually when the depression or mania persists in spite of treatment with other medications. So sometimes they'll add an antipsychotic drug. These The common drugs are Zyprexa, Risperidol, Seroquel, Abilify, or Latuda. Uh, Your doctor usually prescribes these medications along with a mood stabilizer, but they can also prescribe them alone. Your doctor may add an antidepressant to manage the depression because an antidepressant may trigger a manic episode. It's usually prescribed along with a mood stabilizer or an antipsychotic. And then there's another medication called, I'm going to butcher this, Symbiax. I could be butchering that. Um, It's an antidepressant slash antipsychotic. So this combines fluoxetine and olanzapine. Uh, Fluoxetine is the antidepressant and the olanzapine is the antipsychotic. And this works to treat depression and stabilize your mood at the same time. And finally, um, anti-anxiety medications tend to work really well for, like, manic episodes. Um, they also improve sleep, but are usually used on a short-term basis because most of the ones prescribed for bipolar disorder are benzos. And if you don't know what a benzo is, it's basically just very addictive. It's got some stuff in it that's just gives you a really good interesting high and a lot of people like that high so it's not for long-term use i just want you guys to keep in mind that finding the right medication or medications for you will more than likely take trial and error if one doesn't work well there are so many others you can try this process requires so much patience And some medication need weeks to months to take full effect. Generally, only one medication is changed at a time so that your doctor can correctly identify which medications work to relieve your symptoms. And which have like the less horrible side effects medications also will be adjusted as your symptoms change too. Also, when you're taking these medications, there is gonna be side effects. Um, Mild side effects tend to improve as you find the right medications and the right dosages and your body adjusts to the medication. But if your side effects aren't mild and they're really affecting your life, It's time to talk to your doctor or your mental health professional to maybe lessen the dose or switch medications, but don't suffer through really bad side effects. Mild side effects will go away eventually, but if your side effects are really just hindering your life, it's time to talk to your doctor. Oh, and do not make changes or stop taking your medications. If you stop your medications, you are going to experience withdrawal effects and your symptoms can worsen or come back way worse. You can become really depressed. You can start feeling suicidal or you can go into a really horrible manic or hypomanic episode. If you think you need to make a change with your medication, Call your doctor immediately and make an appointment as soon as possible. Do not change your medication or stop taking them on your own. I am someone that is huge on therapy. Um, I've always been, even when it didn't work for me, because I've seen it work for other people. And I just think it's a really good outlet for people that need to sort out their brain and have somebody on the outside kind of guide them. On how to maneuver their mental illness or just their thoughts in general. I think therapy is great and I will always support anybody that wants to try therapy. Especially if you have bipolar disorder because it can be really hard to manage the ups and downs by yourself without any information or any education behind the matter and behind why and how and when. So... Therapy is amazing, and there are certain types of therapies that work really well for bipolar disorder. One of them is called Interpersonal and Social Rhythm Therapy, IPSRT. This focuses on the stabilization of daily rhythms, like sleeping, walking, and meal times. It's a consistent routine that allows for better mood management, and it helps people with bipolar disorder... Benefit from establishing daily routines for sleep, diet, and exercise. Although I've never done this therapy um, directly, I have been working on those things on my own. And although I'm not completely there with the sleeping, um, the (laughs) meal times and the diet have been a little easier. Um, I'm really great at the exercise because it just helps me get rid of energy. It's the diet and sleep that I have problems with. So it's it's an everyday learning curve and I'm learning new things every day. And I think I want to incorporate this type of therapy into my monthly sessions. Another really great therapy that I've mentioned before in my other episodes is called cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT. This is basically focusing on unhealthy negative beliefs and behaviors and replacing them with healthy, positive ones. This can help you identify what triggers your bipolar episodes. And it also helps you learn strategies to manage stress and how to cope with upsetting situations. Another really important part of, I guess, would be considered therapy treatment is called psychoeducation and it's learning about bipolar disorder and it can really help you and your loved ones understand the condition better. Knowing what's going on can help you get the absolute best support that you can get for this. Uh, It can help you identify issues, uh, maybe symptoms you didn't realize before. It can... Also, help you make a plan to prevent relapse and stick to treatment. If you have people around you that can identify when you're going through mania or when you're having a depressive episode and you guys have a plan in place on how to get you out of those episodes, it can really, really help you progress in your disorder. It's, it's really great to have a support system within this disorder it can be really lonely and it can be really excruciating to go through these things by yourself when nobody understands you so educating yourself and the people around you is really crucial in progressing with this disorder and family focused therapy can really help with the communication and help you stick with your treatment plan It can help you and everyone around you, your family, recognize and manage the warning signs of the mood swings. And it can help you personally plan around those mood swings. And it can help your family be a little bit more compassionate and understanding when you do certain things that your depressive or manic episodes make you do. It's a really great feeling to know that the people around you understand you and accept you and want to help you through your episodes. So if there's any way that you can not only educate, but maybe even go to therapy with these people, it would really benefit you. Um, Not everybody can do that. I understand that. But if you can, it would really benefit you. And I really think you should look into it. There are also other types of treatment options that can help with your symptoms. Um, Like, for example, depression. uh, To alleviate your symptoms of your severe depressive episodes, you could do ECT, uh, electroconvulsive therapy. I discussed this a little bit in my depression episode. Um, This is when electrical currents are passed through the brain and they trigger a brief seizure. This causes changes in the brain chemistry that can reverse symptoms of certain mental illnesses, including depression. This can be an option for bipolar treatment if you're not getting better with medications, you can't take antidepressant, antidepressants for health reasons like pregnancy, or you're a high risk of suicide. Another type of treatment that can help with depressant, depression is transcranial magnetic stimulation, or TMS. I also discussed this a little bit in my depression episode. Um, this is also another treatment that can be used for when the person isn't responding to antidepressants. Um, it has it has shown to work really well for people with depression. Um, I think I mentioned that my sister did it. It did help with her depression, I believe, but not her anxiety. Or it might be the other way around. It might've helped with her anxiety and not her depression. Um, Sometimes it works for people a hundred percent. Sometimes it works for people a little bit. Sometimes it works and then it stops working. So it really just depends on if it works for you or not. Changing your daily lifestyle habits can greatly improve your bipolar disorder as well. Now, I'm a realist and I understand that a lot of these things are not easy. Um, I struggle with sleeping and eating all the time. So most of these suggestions are really hard for people with bipolar disorder. But if you can get some sort of routine or handle on these kinds of healthy lifestyle habits, it could greatly improve your symptoms um, and just your overall life in general. So, keeping a consistent sleep schedule is actually really important because people with bipolar disorder tend to not sleep very much, especially through mania. Um, Eating well and getting regular exercise is super important too. Um, Proper nutrition, everybody knows that's important for just healthy lifestyle in general, for your body, for your mind, everything. Exercise helps improve your mood. So, that's a great way to make you feel better when you're not feeling too great. Always taking your medication as prescribed. Don't miss medications. Don't, you know, let your depression get the best of you and not take your medication because it's only going to negatively affect you. So continuously take your medication exactly how it's prescribed. Always check with your doctor before taking any over-the-counter supplements um, or and just any medications prescribed by another doctor. Some over-the-counter supplements may negatively affect your symptoms and could cause worsening symptoms when interacted with your medication and some medications just completely make your prescribed medication completely stop working so just be aware that you need to keep your doctor in the loop of everything you are putting in your body that could interact with your medication another really good tip is to keep a mood journal Um, I think I mentioned, yeah, I did mention at the beginning of the podcast or at the episode that I provided a app called Dalio. It's a mood journal on your phone. If you're more of a writing type of person, there are tons of journals on Amazon that can kind of like guide you to track your mood or you can just get a blank journal and just track your mood like that. But it's actually pretty cool to see and really important to see where your moods are, if there's a pattern or anything that could possibly help with your treatment. You really want to avoid using alcohol or drugs, Um, especially if you're on medication because a lot of those medications can really negatively affect you when you're using drugs or alcohol. Um, I know that having bipolar disorder is really rough for a lot of people and they tend to turn to alcohol and drugs when they don't get the correct treatment or available treatment. So I get that part. But if you are actively seeking treatment, and you're actively seeking a better life for yourself, it's better to minimize the alcohol. I know not everybody can completely exit out, but if you can, that'd be great. Um, and if you could just not do drugs while taking medication, <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> I think in all aspects of life, um, minimizing stress is great, but especially when you have a mental disorder, minimizing stress is so crucial. So trying relaxation activities like meditation or yoga, super, super awesome. I do both every day and I've seen a significant change in my anxiety, in how I manage my mania, in how I can calm my mania and how I can calm my brain. So it takes practice. It did not happen overnight. I have been meditating for years and I still suck at it sometimes. I have been doing yoga for years as well. And sometimes I fall off and then get back on again. But as much as consistency is key, so is believing in yourself and continuing and picking back up when you feel the need to again. And I know I said this already, but Really maintaining a support system within friends and family is super important. It's already a lonely feeling having bipolar disorder. I don't know many people with it, um, at least diagnosed. There may be people out there with it that just don't know it, Uh, but I can't relate to too many people. I had one friend that I did relate to and she unfortunately took her own life a couple years ago and I totally get where she was at. And I understood it. And I wish I could have been there for her more. I don't know if I could have saved her, but I wish that I could have made her feel a little bit more heard and understood. And maybe I did. Um, and it just wasn't enough. But having a support system is something I realized is really important during the treatment and healing and therapy and it's just having a support system in general is great but when you have a mental disorder it's definitely great to have people in your life that want to see you succeed that want to see you progress and that want to see you come out at the other side of this in a better situation bipolar disorder requires Lifelong treatment with medications, even during periods when you're feeling better. People who skip maintenance treatment are at really high risk of relapse of symptoms or having minor mood changes turn into full-blown mania or depression. Your doctor may recommend a day treatment program if they think you need it. These programs provide support and counseling that you need while you get your symptoms under control. If you have any problems with alcohol or drugs, you'll absolutely need substance abuse treatment. Um, Otherwise, it can be really difficult to manage your bipolar disorder. Your doctor may recommend hospitalization if you're behaving dangerously, you feel suicidal or you become detached from reality getting psychiatric treatment at a hospital can help you calm and safely stabilize your mood whether you're having a manic or major depressive episode it's crazy to think but despite the mood extremes People with bipolar disorder often don't recognize how much their emotional instability disrupts their lives and the lives of their loved ones and they don't get the treatment they need. And if you're like some people with bipolar disorder, you may enjoy the feelings of euphoria and cycles of being more productive. However, the euphoria is always followed by an emotional crash That can leave you depressed, worn out, and sometimes in financial, legal, or relationship trouble. If you have any symptoms of depression or mania, see your doctor or a mental health professional immediately. Bipolar disorder doesn't get better on its own. Getting treatment from a mental health professional with experience in bipolar disorder can help you get your symptoms under control. Holy shit, guys. (laughs) Even though this year really kicked my ass, I have to say one of the best things I did this year was start this podcast. The fact that I reached at least one person and was able to help just one person feel understood or less alone is mind-blowing to me. It's mind-blowing to me that anyone even listens to me talk coming from a girl that was and still is consistently ignored, it's nice to know someone out there is listening. We've discussed some important mental illnesses. Not more important than any others, just important to me personally and with the amount of people that deal with illnesses like depression and anxiety, it's important to get this information out there. It continues to surprise me how little people know about their own disorder It sucks to know that doctors don't explain much after a diagnosis, especially when it's one you're not expecting, and I guess not everyone has it in them to research. Whether it's because of fear or ignorance, the information does not get relayed to the necessary people, and it makes dealing with these disorders a lot harder than it needs to be. It's infuriating to see how little resources there are for people. Free resources, too. The stuff I've provided throughout the episodes are just scratching the surface of what is needed in the mental health community. There needs to be more insurance coverage for tools that help people manage their mental illness. There's so much that needs to improve in this community. And I know we've come a very long way in even the last 10 years. But we still have a really long way to go. I did not expect to finish this year the way it's ending. I never expect anything. But this was not on my bingo card at all. (laughs) This has been a wild fucking ride. And I'm really glad that this chapter is coming to a close. I'm so ready to go into 2024 with new tools. A new perspective. New knowledge. And overall a new way to live my life. I'm not shaving my head or moving to another country or anything, but I am shifting my personal life in a really beneficial way to me and to those who choose to be in my life. My mindset is changing every day and my daily routines are getting me closer to living in peace, which is my ultimate goal, to be honest. I just want to be happy and at peace. That's it. Rich would be nice. Infinitely intelligent would be cool. Health would be perfection, but I'll take what my body gives me at this point. (laughs) Happiness and at peace is all I truly need to feel fulfilled. I'm glad that I could use my experiences and research to bring you guys these last six episodes. And I'm really excited to bring you more information and more episodes next season. I'm meeting with Kaya sometime after January 1st I think we decided on the 5th um we're gonna brainstorm and I'm gonna plan out my episodes and content and whatever else I need to solidify a successful season two I believe I'm going to do more than six seasons next season or six episodes next season I'm sorry um I don't know yet we'll see but as for now the goal is to plan out and have six episodes ready before the season even starts I have three weeks (laughs) and I start school in the middle of those three weeks. So technically I have like a week and a half of completely free time to do all of this. So we'll see how that goes. I'm gathering my goals for 2024 and thinking about doing a little mood board to see how much I can accomplish. I believe I accomplished every year goal I set in my planner last year. Except for one that really wasn't that important. Um, I'm considering posting my goals to Instagram. But frankly, I don't really think anybody gives a shit. So I'm just going to continue to keep that to myself. (laughs) Also, I decided to begin posting to my personal Instagram again. I decided to stay away from that profile a few months back. I don't follow anyone bad or find social media evil or anything. I just felt like I needed a break from the interactions with the accounts on that profile. So for example, after losing all of my pets, it got really hard to see all of these pet accounts like dying too and seeing all these pet grief posts over and over again. And I don't want to unfollow these people because it's not like bad posts or evil people spreading shit I can't handle. I just needed a breather. I'm feeling stronger now and I'm excited to begin sharing my life in a different way. I am truly excited to see what I accomplish this next year and what I get myself into, the memories I make, the people I meet, the music I find, the books I read, the places I discover. And I'm really excited to go into this year with the people I get to love for another year. I am so ready for you 2024. As I wrap up this episode and this season, I just wanted to remind you guys of the resources I provided in the description of this episode. Uh, The DailyO Journal is available on the App Store and the Google Play Store. It is free, but of course, like most apps, it has a subscription option. I have the subscription and I think it's totally worth it. If you're looking to track your moods, journal, and keep track of your tasks, this app is definitely for you. I also provided a link to a bipolar quiz so you can gauge if you have the symptoms related to bipolar disorder. They offer some information at the end of the test that's super helpful and just overall good information for anybody who is curious as to what bipolar disorder is. And finally, I added the link to the Google form I made for anyone who is willing to share or know someone that is willing to share any experiences with bipolar disorder. It is completely anonymous. I don't need to know who you are. I just want to hear your stories. Feel free to let me know either at the beginning or at the end of your story if you do not want me to share it on the podcast or Instagram. As always... I hope I taught you something. I hope you can get something out of this information. I hope the resources I provided help you in some way or help someone you know. I don't know how your year went, but I truly hope that this next year is a good one for you. Life has ups and downs that will never change, but... We get to choose how we respond to these waves of emotion. Um, Remember that there is no problem if there is no solution. There is no need to constantly worry about things that you have no say in fixing or changing. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mental Magic Podcast. It's been a great first season. It's been awesome learning more about disorders I and so many other people have to deal with on a daily basis. To all my fellow bipolar babes, uh, you have more say in your life than you think you do. Don't let the thoughts and regrets stop you from continuing your journey. Take the mistakes as lessons and keep learning. No one is expecting you to be perfect and if they are, fuck them and find new people who don't expect tornadoes when all they can offer is a gust of wind. I hope your last days of 2023 are relaxing and used as a time to reflect and I hope you bring in the new year the way you deserve and how the universe allows it happy new year the year of the wood dragon 2024 I hope you get your shit together 2024 because I don't know what the fuck 2023 was doing (laughs) all right guys see you next year